Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in this week's show, local weekly Ice Sun Affairs suspends publication, but owner Chenping says it will be back. And we look at mainland China's petitioning system and the thorny path to getting redress for legal wrongs. First, though, next Tuesday, the annual June 4th vigil will take place in Victoria Park. It's been held every year since 1990, but this year there's controversy over the first part of the new slogan for the event, Love the Country, Love the People, Hong Kong Spirit. Some argue that this overshadows the rest of the message, which reads, Vindication of June 4, Never Give Up. The controversy reflects a difference of stance between those who feel Hong Kong should go on its own way and people who feel Hong Kong should play a vital role in the democratization of China. And then there are those who say we should support the communist government no matter what. Well, with us in the studio are Max Chung of Hong Kong Blue Righteous Revolts, Richard Choi, Vice Chairman of the Alliance that's organizing the vigil, and MPC Delegate Peter Wong. Can I come to you first, Max? Yes, sure. I mean, you support the vindication of uh, the June 4th, but many people will say that you are undermining that support by causing this controversy over the holding of the vigil, which has been a rallying point for those who support that point of view. Why do you think this is a good idea? Well, um, actually, um, from uh, the internet or even from some of the newspaper in Hong Kong, uh, we have seen a lot of different uh, complaints to the Hong Kong Alliance. And uh, we feel that uh, the June 4th uh, event, I mean the, the June 4th incident, uh, is very critical for Hong Kong people. So we want to focus on the Hong Kong people first rather than to the mainland China. Well, Richard Choi, let me um, put that to you. Yes. I mean, some people do indeed say that the alliance hasn't been accommodating enough of other views. Is that, is, is that fair? Uh, of course, I, I don't think it's fair. But uh, we, we know there is a difference in opinion concerning the interpretation of uh, this year's slogan. Basically, I think uh, the slogan for this year's um, uh, alliance activity uh, it's composed of uh, entirely uh, 16 words with four sentences. It's uh, 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 love the country, uh, love the people, and Hong Kong spirit. And the third one is the, uh, the uh, vindication of June 4, and never give up. I think the Hong Kong Alliance take it as a whole that it is the Hong Kong people uh, both bad day uh, 24 years ago uh, without that kind of slogan uh, to support the pro-democracy movement in China and to remember why the June 4th crackdown and we, for the past 24 years Hong Kong people continues to urge for the uh, vindication of June 4th uh, so that's why uh, we see this ongoing that this kind of Hong Kong spirit is actually to hoping to have a vindication of June 4th that kind of uh, struggle we will never give up this is a whole of the idea of this year's slogan. Peter, let me bring you in here. I think it's fair to say that you're on the other side of the political <laughs> divide. I mean, you must be um, quite pleased that the democratic camp is, is, is splintering in this way. No, I, I wouldn't say that uh, I, 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 I would be pleased to see a, a split of opinions. The thing is that I think coming back to the question of the June 4th, uh, I think it, it is a very profound incident in China. I think it has its position in, in the history. It should have its position in the right history. Personally, 
for me, I think in the June 4th, uh, to start with, I'm, 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 I'm uh, like the rest of the Hong Kong people, uh, uh, quite uh, against the, the government's act. And I was the first to represent the business sector on 5th of June to go on TV to condemn the incident. But now seeing it's gone to almost a quarter of a century, I think we have got to look back and evaluate the, 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 the significance to the development of China and to the whole context of democratization of China. It has its positive and negative effects. And I think it's natural. Now you see, actually, three generations of people. I would say, Robert, you are the middle, the middle age, and then Max is the younger one, and I should be the, the older. We, we come from different times. We look at the things maybe from our different perspective. I see that the development of, of China since June 4th has been t uh, really um, uh, quite a drastic changes. Say at my age, when I was mixed the time of uh, the age group, I cannot even distinguish communists and the Kuomintang. And now I'm glad to see that a lot of the Hong Kong younger generations are more aware of the uh, political development of the community, the democratization process of China. But I think eventually, when they open up their views as they mature, see more, uh, in especially in the ethnicity and the development of China in the historic perspective. I think more and more their, 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 their perspective will change. And I'm sure the same thing with Jun Well, let me ask you, Max, about yeah. that, because uh, um, maybe what you're doing is being willfully ignoring the reality of the situation, is that, you know, Hong Kong is part well, of China. Um, in our opinion, uh, when we were very young, like 15, 16 years old, we were told that Hong Kong will be run by the SAR government on the base of one country, two system, which means that we are in the same country, but we are running two systems. However, at this moment, what we are seeing now is, 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 is that the mainland Chinese, the Peking government, they keep influencing the uh, local affairs. And that is the key why we have to stand out. And uh, one thing I want to tell Peter that seniority doesn't prove that you are 100% correct. <laughs> well, I'm sure that's <laughs> true. Uh, I've well, said that before. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think uh, Peter's basically warned that even though for the uh, you know, past uh, uh, 24 years, China's economic development uh, is quite great, but uh, I think the problem, the issue of the, the June 4th crackdown, uh, the responsibility uh, of that uh, crackdown has not been you know, uh, fully resolved. And actually, the uh, Chinese government continues to uh, uh, try to hide uh, the truth. Now, the Max's group are saying the emphasis should not be on loving the country. Well, I think uh, I understand, you know, loving the country. Um, uh, why we uh, use the slogan this year is that uh, uh, we see this, that was a slogan that most Hong Kong people shouted 24 years ago. Uh, we, we bring it back and hoping uh, to have a, uh, a positive debate among the society. Uh, how we see the relationship uh, between Hong Kong nowadays and also with uh, the mainland China, uh, especially relating to uh, Hong Kong people uh, 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 fighting 
for uh, justice and democracy in mainland China. I think that's a, 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 a uh, the, the key for us why we use that focus. We 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 knew uh, um, uh, uh, some time ago that uh, there would be difference in opinion. That, that, that we knew but, so, but I, I think I, it's I good to have that praise. kind of discussion. Actually, let, let me just ask like Peter very briefly because some of your colleagues who are in the MPC say it's incompatible to be um, seeking a vindication of June the fourth criticizing the mainland government and loving China. In other words, they're saying that these people are not patriotic. If we are talking of democratization of China, we cannot just talk of Hong Kong, even the 60 year in China. We've got to go back to Dr. Sun's 100 years ago. What he proposed today is applied not only for China, but for the rest of the world. The other days, especially in the past two weeks, I mean, when we debate in the, in the, in the media, Western scholars start looking into Dr. Sun's democratization program. I mean, he is really analyzing what's been happening in the world. So I think democratization is something we all share, but we may take a different route altogether. Uh, even me personally, I, I have quite different uh, 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 thinking uh, with uh, Mr. Wong. I think uh, nowadays uh, I understand, uh, especially the Chinese government, the uh, Communist Party, try to promote love the country, uh, is equivalent to love the party. For for us, of course, it's totally we cannot accept. We think love the country, we should, uh, you know, fight, fighting for the justice uh -huh. and democracy for the whole nation, including Hong Kong. That is the uh, our main concern of how to promoting the, the development of the whole uh, And I'm, re I'm really sorry, I'm going to cut you short there. This is a very interesting debate, but we're out of time. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. The tradition of petitioning the powerful or even the emperor to redress legal grievances in China goes back to ancient imperial times. Today, the Communist Party may rule China, but the tradition continues with a constant stream of petitioners heading to Beijing to ask for help in cases where local officials have let them down or tried to browbeat them. But it can be a long road to Beijing, particularly when those same local officials put every obstacle in the petitioner's path. Every day, people from all across China come to seek help at this legal aid center in Beijing. This elderly couple come from Shandong. Their daughter died mysteriously after going out with an admirer. The authorities were quick to rule the case a suicide. Her parents say they received 80,000 yuan in compensation from the man, but when they asked the police to launch an investigation, they were held by authorities for six days. China's legal system does include a process of civil compensation, but it's easy for the powerful and influential to collude with local officials and settle cases privately. All the ordinary people can do is petition for justice. As officials' performance 
is measured to some degree by the number of petitioners and complaints. Many local officials employ individuals to intercept petitioners or even imprison them. Lining comes from Shandong. Her mother, Li Shulan, previously visited Beijing several times to petition over store disputes. Three years ago, her mother was taken away by Shandong guards known to intercept petitioners. News of what had happened to her came only recently. Officials said her mother had hanged herself. An autopsy agreed. Li Ning doesn't believe it. The authorities admitted beating Li Ning's mother, but said they had caused only minor injuries. Li Ning and her father were forced to accept just 780,000 yuan compensation under police pressure on condition they stopped pursuing the case. They received just 400,000 yuan. Li Ning went to Beijing to petition. The Supreme People's Procuratorate refused to accept her case. She decided to kneel in the nude to draw attention to her plight. Leaning's extraordinary move persuaded a group of Beijing lawyers to help her. Last year, lawyer Hao Ya Chao went to Shandong requesting the court to reopen the case. The authorities turned her down, arguing that the deceased had not hired her as a lawyer. Not only could she obtain no judgment, she faced severe harassment. Six months after the death, Li Ning, Hao Ya Chao, and her team of lawyers went to Shandong again. The authorities said they'd set up a task force to investigate the case. After many difficulties, the task force finally obtained the judgment and investigation files from the court. After finding out that Li Ning had been hit with an electric baton, they decided to reverse the judgment. Li Ning's case is one of the sad stories of the petitioning system. Reforming that system is the key duty of the Central Politics and Law Commission of the Communist Party. Recently, officials have reiterated that it's wrong for local officials to intercept petitioners. Meanwhile, the aggrieved are hoping that in future they will be able to ask for fairness without being subjected to intimidation and violence. 
iSun Affairs began life as an internet news and analysis service, but eventually began publishing a weekly magazine. And that magazine, with its analyses of Chinese political affairs, already had avid readers, but it gained new attention in January with an exclusive interview with Liu Menghong, a former Lan Chongying supporter now facing legal problems. Despite that, the interest has not been enough to keep the magazine going. On Thursday, the final weekly edition of the Eisen Affairs magazine hit newsstands. The departure of the seven-month-old weekly print edition has disappointed readers who have taken out an annual subscription. Chen Ping is the sole investor in the media company. Originally from Shanghai, he was an active figure in promoting reforms in China in the 1970s and worked for several government think tanks in the 1980s. In 1989, he resigned from his official position and left the mainland to do business overseas. At the beginning of the 90s, he founded the Tide Group, which mainly invested in energy resources, electricity, agriculture, and properties in Southeast Asia. In 1997, he moved to Hong Kong, and in 2005, he purchased the satellite station Sun TV. At the network, he hosted discussion programs on a wide range of controversial political, economic, cultural and historical issues, positioning it as a leader in television talk shows. In 2009, the government in China terminated Sun TV broadcasts on the mainland. At Eisen Affairs, the departure of Chief Executive Chen Yi-jung and the relegation of Editor-in-Chief Chang Ping to Chief Writer in recent months have led some readers to worry about the magazine's future. Eisen started as a web format in late 2011. Later, it published a weekly print edition for sale on newsstands in Hong Kong, Macau, Taiwan, and Malaysia. It's banned in mainland China, and you can't even search for its name on microblog platforms. In January, Champing alerted his staff to interview Liu Menghong, a former supporter of Chief Executive Lan Zhenying. In the interview, Liu alleged that Leung had lied about his handling of the illegal structures at his home. That edition was Eisen's best-selling issue and catapulted the weekly to greater visibility.
Despite that notoriety, Chen said it's never reached its target circulation of 25,000 copies. For the final edition of Eisen Affairs Weekly, Chen, with his 20 years of education and media network involvement, wrote an emotional note bidding a temporary farewell to readers. He promised that within three months, the group plans to restructure the publication into an online platform and relaunch it as a monthly magazine. I said, this is my life, this is my life, this is my life, this is my life. It's open to the 相互应的是一个非常精华的。We'll see you at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye.